And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Welcome back to the mm-hmm. Dominion Podcast, episode 48. Yeah, how you well, doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm uh, Jeremy Boyd. This is... Uh, My name's Ben. Yeah, Ben Inglis. I've uh, I've been here one or, tw- one or two times. Oh, no, you've been here like half a dozen times. Oh, no. Oh, plenty. Yeah, we did that. We did the one with the art and music. Uh, we did, uh, I think we did an education one or something with you. We've done a bunch. Anyway, All right. everybody knows well, Ben. Well, yeah. Everybody I mean, knows I, ben. I like to be welcomed. I'm including just the audio ones as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But they've only been able to see your glorious face yeah. a handful of times. Yeah. Those, those poor <laughs> viewers. Alex is not with us tonight. He is uh, off. And so we are going to have a little conversation tonight. Uh, you released a um, an article this week on the Hill City Baptist website. Technically, our church released it. There the was no was- name ascribed to it. Oh, really? So, I mean, it could have been me. We we all know who puts great phrases together like that. Well. (laughs) I encourage you all to go to the Hill City uh, Baptist Church substack and check that out. It is a substack, correct? It is. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, so it is kind of sponsored. Uh, It is a church endeavor. Um, it's, It's not a personal blog. Our intention is to well, to teach and equip our own church, and uh, for any who may be interested, um, specifically addressing issues of church and state, uh, and that kind of intersection that has been sadly uh, neglected, um, we're just trying to address it from a number of angles. So yeah, we're kind of finding our groove, but... Doesn't it feel like with this particular topic that we've just got so much catching up to do? Like, I just, I just feel like we haven't looked at it from rarely enough angles. And mm-hmm. every time I hear or see another article on it, I'm like, yes, you know, I, I'm agreeing with it. But like, how have I not thought of it like that before? Yeah. And I think this is the nature of um, the church in this world. You don't, we don't know the battles we're going to face. No generation knows the battles they're going right. to face. Um I mean, they can prepare themselves uh, for the battles that have gone before, um, but we just, we're not omniscient. We don't have that kind of foresight, although some do. Uh, Francis Schaeffer was speaking on these things oh back goodness. in the yeah. 60s and 70s yeah. about the uh, the reaching arms of the state and uh, many things, the encroachment of, of abortion, um, you know, the loss of yeah. the sacredness of life, all of these things. People laughed at him. Yeah. They thought he was an alarmist. Um, so thank God for those those prophets who are largely despised in their time. We, we probably should have given them more heed. Mm-hmm. But God in his grace, um, I mean, it's not just us. We're not just, you know, an institution. I mean, look at the disciples coming uh, literally out of the room they'd been shaking in their boots from the Jews the early disciples, this is right after Pentecost, right? Yeah. They were terrified. They didn't know what was going on. Uh, and suddenly, you know, the Spirit was upon them. God's words were in their mouth, and the church grew. Hmm. And that's really our hope for every new conflict that we're going to face, yeah. is, is that we have the Word. The Word is always relevant. The principles are always relevant, and we have the Spirit. And yeah, we've got some catching up to do, but God, thank God he doesn't abandon us when we've got some catching up to do. I've been doing some reading in church history uh, for some uh, Sunday school stuff we've been doing at Westmount. And uh, one of the things I'm reading on is all these early controversies in the church with the Sabellianism and Arianism and Pelagianism. And it always seemed like before the church had really marshaled itself in each of these situations, the error had already spread through mm. the entire thing. And it's almost like there's there seems to be a lag every time there's right. a, a big confrontation, yes. right? It's like, what's that saying? You know, uh, the falsehood is halfway around the world before the truth even gets out of bed, mm. um, right? So Arius is out preaching his heresy and it just, it takes, you know, 
10 years for the church to realize what's going on. But by then it's already spread through the whole thing. And it's like a cancerous, you know. Yeah. And, and he did it in a very kind of sinister, subtle way. He actually made these little jingles, these yeah. little catchphrases for his theology. Yeah. And uh, just kind of took off, right? You get it in your head and all of a sudden it's, you're saying it to someone else. Well, yeah, he knows what appeals to people, yeah. right? If you can appeal yeah. to their emotions and to their, yeah. their carnal sensibilities. and Yeah. So, well, yeah, we're, we're definitely playing catch up on a lot of these things. Yeah. Luckily, we got guys like uh, Joe Boot and uh, others of that nature that have been. Yeah, Aaron Rock. They've been, and, yeah, uh, they've Jacob been preaching this stuff for a decade now to us and we haven't been listening. So. You know, we don't we don't come up with a lot of this stuff ourselves. I owe pretty much everything I believe about this to Joe Boot and, and those types of guys. So, yeah, uh, Glenn Sunshine's Glenn been great Sunshine, too. Yeah, great. Uh, if you haven't read Glenn Sunshine's book, Slaying Leviathan, get a copy yeah, of that. Yeah, I'm rereading it now. It's yeah. it's it really is an indispensable read. Thank God there's one academic who does, who who could apply his awareness and yeah. history to current events. Yeah, um, it's been great. Hmm. Um, so, and actually, the uh, the podcast. I know we. I probably should be oh, yeah. advertising on this podcast they for another podcast. No, we can advertise other podcasts. Uh, yeah, I know. I just I don't want to play not, for the other side here, but yeah, we're all in this together. We'll send them a bill after. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. The um, theology um, podcast. It's C.R. Wiley who wrote the the household in the war for the cosmos and uh, um, the house of Tom of the Bombadil. House. Yeah, the, they are in the house of Tom Bombadil, oh. which is a good book. It is great. Um, by the way, we haven't talked about that yet. I know. Yet. We should talk about it at we some point. We can talk point. about it right now, just real quickly. I mean, we do a book thing at the end anyway. Yeah. What What did you think? Was it um, I thought everything it was, you had hoped for? I thought it was fantastic. I th- I agreed with his thesis regarding Tom Bombadil, that he is an agent of, of dominion mm-hmm. in an otherwise chaotic place. Um, and uh, I... I yeah, he. You could just tell Wiley paid a lot of attention to language, and it was just a very carefully written book, just a short book. Yeah. But uh, he touches on a lot of important things, probably even extending outward from Tom Bombadil to uh, language and yeah. culture. And yeah. um, I found myself not even thinking that much about his thesis because the book was so enjoyable to read. Oh yes, yeah. Like it was. Like every chapter was just um, like it brought you into the mystery and the the majesty of Lord of the Rings into that whole world. It kind of brought you back in from an angle you hadn't really thought about it before. And I just found it so pleasant. Like, I don't know yes. what other word to use. But. I mean, there's nothing like reading something written by someone who loves their subject right. matter. The worst thing is to read kind of an academic treatise. Uh, from you know four degrees of separation on a particular subject, right? It's like kind of bird in the sky right. observations. Like here's someone who's who's immersed himself in in Middle Earth. This is like uh, C.S. Lewis in Abolition of Man when he's talking about uh, people who write about the English language that don't love it. Yes, you know, it's like if you want to write about it, like there's there's a way to write about it in a cold academic way, and then there's a way to write about it like somebody who adores it. Yeah. And understands it and knows how to bend the rules to make things beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Um, Same with teachers. You want to find teachers who teach like that too, who love what they're teaching, love students. Hmm. Speaking of students, uh, we're both on the board of Gawartha Classical Christian School. So shout out to the school. We had a, uh, I believe, a fairly successful um, plant sale last month. The plants were flying out of there Man, like, alive. There like a natural weather event. Crazy colored plants too. That's yeah. Awesome. I, I'm I'm amazed that indoor plants are such a roaring success. Everyone wants an indoor plant. I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. Your wife doesn't have plants She does her? have lots of them, but I thought that was my just living a, a, jungle. a quirky thing that my wife did, but your wife does too. Yeah. It makes the house beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. I don't think about it, but you just look around. You're like, oh, this room is filled yeah, with I feel living, so oxygenated. Living beautiful things. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. We had that. And uh, at the end of May, I believe the 27th, we've got another fundraiser. Westmount Bible Chapel will be hosting yeah. uh, a movie night featuring The, the Riot, Riot and, and the, the Dance, Dance 2. Water edition. Yeah. So you can go to CoorthaClassical.com, check that out, sign up for that. I wonder if Alex will come to that. He hates- I hope so. He hates what? The deep ocean. It's called, what is that, thassalophobia? 
It's the fear of uh Vassal? <laughs> yes. He's the fear of uh yeah, deep oceans and places. I find oceans water. terrifying. Yeah. Like just the the pure scale and depth of it. Like mm. everything below the surface is just an alien country, yeah. basically. Yeah. Totally hostile to human life. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward to that. Yeah. I've seen it already. Oh, you have. Okay, it's, so. it's very good. Uh, so, but I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Anyway, let's get to the topic. So, you wrote an article, uh, or Hill City put out an article that you may be spearheaded. Give me the gist. What what uh, what was your argument? What were you talking about? Yeah. So, my my main thrust is is Christians uh, Christian obedience is found in the um, in the rhythm of one's calling um, whether that's as a, a mother or a father or a husband or a policeman or a mechanic um, we, we don't have one we have many callings we have many and you've talked about this right. before many spheres of responsibility mm-hmm. that we have duties within and and so obedience doesn't take place in a vacuum. Uh, we've talked before about kind of these these exclusive planes that Christians sometimes operate right, on. You're talking about obedience to the Lord. Obedience yeah. to the Lord. That's right. right. Yeah. So um, obedience takes place, um, perhaps uh, to the to the best degree when I am at church, at home with my family. Um, reading and writing spiritual books, uh, that's when spirituality really flourishes. You know, when I can, um, you know, when there's, there's no, there's no distractions and there's, and there's definitely a place for closet prayer and private worship. That's absolutely a Mm -hmm. thing. But the idea that when we, when we go out to our work or when we're just in the bustle of daily life, somehow, um, Obedience in that place is less important, or right. that's kind of a necessary evil. Uh, is just is just a backwards and destructive way of thinking. Um, we as Christians need to give ourselves wholeheartedly to uh, all of the duties that we're called to. Again, as as the ones I've I've mentioned earlier, and and as citizens, yeah, as uh, you know inhabitants of a a region um you know that that is that is one of our duties and so we yeah it's really a call to being the best canadian citizen that you can be uh for the glory of god and and for the love of neighbor so i think a lot of a lot of christians when they think about things like citizenship they have verses in their mind like, you know, our, our citizenship is in heaven. Mm. And they, they feel that that is uh, essentially supplants our physical citizenship. Mm. And they end up with this view uh, that we see now. It's everywhere. It's like any type of patriotism is just bad and unchristian. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it tends to only be applied to uh, the, the right right hand side of the column, mm-hmm. as it were. It's okay to be political if you're on the left, but yeah, um, yeah, and it's just—I mean, it's—it's inescapable. And um, the the most tragic thing, the past number of years, is kind of, I think, because of that, that way of thinking, kind of Christian withdrawal from all things politics, because, you know, this world's going to get worse and worse and what's the point of investing anything? And like you say, you know, we're just passing through, we're strangers and exiles and we are, um, but we have a calling here and now. Yeah. And that is, and that is to be a city on a hill and, and salt. Mm-hmm. And, and the only reason that we enjoy the current freedoms that we enjoy um, the the kind of the level of order and stability that we enjoy mm-hmm. is because um, of biblical worldview assumptions that our constitution assumes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if 
you had the red, red on sign here. Yeah, yeah it's up there. The corner there yeah. yeah, so um, the Canadian coat of arms, and, and you read it every time, you know, right, right there in Latin, he shall have dominion from sea to sea. That's right. Um, that's Justin Trudeau, right? Yeah, no. that's what it's referring to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was also, uh, so to be a Canadian citizen, um, one way I suggested that, that Christians, one small way, there's many ways we can be good citizens, um, you know, doing taxes. a neighborhood cleanup, paying your taxes, yep. voting. Um, Keeping an eye out on your neighbors, you know. Picking you every last single dandelion out of your lawn. To eat it in a salad, right? You ever had dandelion salad? You know what? It's delicious. I, I have. Yeah. I've actually never been able to cure any lawn I've ever had of it's dandelions. It's impossible. But some of them can. Hmm. Some people can. They just have that gift. Hmm. Uh, anyways, um, but yeah, one way is to to recover the flag. And, and we've seen the recovery of the Canadian flag uh, over the last two years, really. And I think what we've seen... What we're seeing in that is people realizing that Canada is more than the ideology and preferences and assumptions of an individual party or leader at an individual time. Hmm. Um, Justin Trudeau is not Canada. Right. This is why his um, his painting of the, the, the Freedom Convoy as wanting to overthrow the government is just completely ridiculous mm. because just because you want a particular party or a leader to go doesn't mean you're trying to th overthrow the mechanism of the government yes right? the government is bigger than the liberal party or the conservative no, party. or any party yeah that's right um the government is a steward of the the ideals of canada mm -hmm. um uh, they exist to um well, they have a very narrow sphere, actually, although we've kind of forgotten yeah. that, um, to defend the nation against threats, both foreign and domestic. Um, but they exist to uphold the tenets of the Constitution. Right. That They are under the Constitution, although many right. will say, well, they have interpretive power. Fair enough, but interpretation isn't overthrowing or completely redefining yeah. or completely ignoring, which is yeah. what we've seen. Especially when there's a hundred and whatever amount of years of precedent. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So when we hold up something like the flag, when we sing the national anthem, uh, we're reminding each other and the powers that be that they are not autonomous, that they are accountable to a historical stream they're accountable to it's it the flag is kind of a, a microcosm it's it's almost an icon for secular people um you know in the in the christian way of thinking of things um you know jesus christ is lord and there and people have an inkling that it's not right that power should be consolidated into a human receptacle yeah um the that that just everyone knows just intuitively that is a terrible idea um there has to be some larger paradigm some larger uh framework that they are accountable to it seems like people have lost that understanding though i mean it, there's just such a rush now to give the government as much power as possible there is among a certain class um i think I think there's a bit of disillusionment setting in um, where, where people are who might have assumed the best of government um, when you're getting around to, you know, fifth them booster. still talking about fourth <laughs> and fifth boosters. I mean, you've got people who were who drunk the whole Kool-Aid who were not on board with that. Yeah. Um, and they're actually asking, is, is the government out for our good? Um, so the answer yeah. to that is. Generally, no. Generally, no. It well, should be yes. Well, the government and, and any power it wants to give itself more power. Right. That, that is what power does. And so that is why power 
historically has been subject to checks and balances. Right. So we have an official opposition party. We have courts. Um, we have courts. We have municipal, provincial, and federal. Uh, we've got all of these things to protect against the consolidation of power. Um, because, oh, well, you go yeah, back, yeah. we go right back to the, the original founding documents. It's like there was an awareness of original sin. Yeah. You have to, if you don't have that awareness of original sin, there's no reason That's to right. put those checks and balances That's right. there. And, and, why, and why you have our uh, prime minister recently stating, accusing the opposition party of obstructionism. Yeah. Well, that's our welcome job. to democracy, Mr. Trudeau. Yeah. Um, th that's if, if, if democracy is running the way it should constitutional democracy, it should be slow and inefficient. Yes. And um, you should not be just whipping things through. Yeah. That's a feature, not a bug. That's right. exactly, right. exactly. Um, we often hear people talking about like, Oh, it doesn't matter who gets elected. Nothing ever changes. And, that's kind of a blessing. Uh, it, it's it's a blessing. Yes, I mean you 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 can't have any kind of stable society uh, with constant upheaval. Yeah, you, you just you don't have any flourishing. People are just yeah. rocked to their core, and they can't do anything. Now it makes it frustrating when, as Christians, we see injustices that we want to correct, because it takes seemingly forever. Uh, to do something as simple as hey maybe we shouldn't kill our children well you know <laughs> and and this is this is the thing when the government tries to get its fingers in all things that it shouldn't be touching right education um, health all of that that's not government welfare. sphere welfare that's right yeah. uh, religion especially yeah. um, well then you have them distracted from their main job. Like like any worker on any job, yeah. what are you doing over there doing something that says someone else's job and your own job is lying neglected? Yeah. Right? That, that's why we're and it, like, so the government, yeah, should be punishing crime and, yeah. and dealing with, you know, the interests of Canada and, and, and all of these things. But they, they, you know, they're micromanaging all these other things, mm -hmm. which is, and you've got the bureaucratic systems multiplying and um, it's just, it's just a nightmare. You could almost call it goal oriented government. Yeah. Like they, uh, it's, it's kind of like the activist oriented um, judiciary where it's like, we want this outcome. So we'll just twist the law to make it do That's what right. we want. Well, the government has like, well, we want society to go in this direction, but it's actually not government's job to decide which direction society no. goes in. No, That's they're there citizens. to main, to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your job is to, to enforce the law that the society has, uh, created through its due yeah, change. We didn't vote for you to, to chart some new course into the not-so-brave new world. Yeah. Um, so one way that... Um, and it's almost to a point where we've let it get so bad that it's hard to really take any ground. But we've got to reverse this trend of, like, if you are at all involved in politics in any way, then you are a theonomist. You are, um, you know, you're, you're meddling in things that you shouldn't, you know, the separation of church and state yeah. and, and what are you doing and the Great Commission and all yeah. of these things. And, um, but again, but that, again yeah. as, as, as what does it mean to be a responsible Canadian citizen? It means to be on the lookout for threats to a country that I happen to believe in the tenets of. Yeah. Um, and, and, and because I love my neighbor, I want them to be able to own property. Yes. And to, and to buy, and to and buy to a house. Travel freely. And to, to work. To, uh, to be able to defend themselves. I mean, yeah. we, we could, all of these things, right? Um, so. So, but let me, let me back up for yeah. a sec because the, this charge of getting into politics seemingly only is launched from one side at the other. And only on certain issues. So the people that would accuse uh, conservatives of being theonomists or uh, meddling in politics would, in a heartbeat, throw a BLM poster on mm. their Facebook page or yeah. uh, Every Child Matters Ukrainian poster. Flag, Ukrainian yeah. flag. Like I support more, the current thing. It's Exactly. They're more than happy to get involved in politics, but they, they use the term politics as a... Um, 
what is it called when you have a word that's just meant to shut people up? Like pejorative? Uh, it's, it's, uh, um, yeah. Anyway, it's a, some word you would use. Just the, the goal is, you know, the other person's going to balk at it and, and they're going to be quiet. Right. So when they say politics, we go, oh, no, we're not trying to. Meddle yes. Politics. Right, right, right. Yeah. They've they, already kind of they know it's a loaded term. But for them, it's just a word they use for issues that they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. So you're getting involved with issues that I don't agree with in the public sphere. I'm going to call it politics in order to shut you up. Right. That's yeah. that's all it is, mm-hmm. because um, like you said, like how does loving our neighbor not include fighting for their freedoms? And how do you fight for their freedoms without getting involved in the political sphere. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is, that's, I mean, you've, you've put it very succinctly there. That is the problem. And uh, yeah, it's just so hypocritical and, uh, and false for all these guys saying, Oh, you know, we, we don't want politics in the church and I'm talking about pastors and, mm-hmm. um, and, and this has been rehashed to death, but enforcing masks, turning people away, um, there's a church I just drove by. Actually, I won't I won't say the name, but like, there's still, you must be vaccinated to come here. It's like, you are the embodiment of politics. Yeah. So there's no such thing as we're going to do, you're going to be political no matter what, because you're a citizen of a country. You're not going to have no views on anything. The question is going to be, are they going to be scriptural, uh, scriptural based on scriptural principles or just uh, you know principles you've absorbed by osmosis from cultural yeah. assumptions, and I like I understand. fed by CBC and mainstream news media, right? Yeah, and there are there are good faith Christians who hear the word theonomy and they balk because they think that you're talking about stoning gay people in the village square, right? Um, that's just not what we're talking about. We're talking about what laws are we supposed to live by as a society. Yes. Do you, do you want well, arbitrary man-made laws or do you want laws from God? Yeah, and this is the thing. It's like what is what is the best for people? Yeah. What is the best like do, um Regal like biblical and, yeah. principles yeah. are are designed for human flourishing. flourishing. Yeah. You know, when when God created man and women to be married, and to be fruitful, um, that wasn't an arbitrary, After you know, thought. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that actually is the foundation. The nuclear family is the foundation of all functional society. Yeah. When you, when you, when you have a society like ours, where fathers are, uh, mocked and gone out of the family structure, um, uh, you have the unraveling of the rest of society. Um, when, when you just, yeah, like you get married and you have kids and that's a good thing. And um, like, pick pick your subject. What does the Bible say about it? Yeah. If if you if you listen to that, everyone would be better off. We're we're yeah. not out for creating a a society of formalists and hypocrites. But um, there yeah. there everything runs better when you just listen to what God says. It's yeah. Yeah, it's not a path to a formal religion. It's not a path We're to not trying to create a regeneration. Theocracy. No. No. But if you have the option, <laughs> if you yeah. had the option to yeah. ban abortion, yeah. and you said, well, I don't want to get political. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. Exactly. you know, we're not supposed to get involved in politics, yeah. and most of the people are fine with this. Yes. It's like, well, okay, well, then we never would have abolished slavery. Yeah. We never would have done anything like that if you're living uh, according to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like, so, is the government not God's deacon, mm-hmm. God's servant? Isn't this Romans 13, what we've been hearing over and over? Yeah. What is, how is the government supposed to serve God if it doesn't abide by his laws? Mm. And I guess I'm, I don't want to get off top too much on yeah, the yeah, yeah. thing here, but it's... Yeah, well, and, and, and Christians just need to um, uh, lose that exclusivist thinking where you know the world can go to hell in a handbasket and right. i know where i'm bound right and my family's okay but they're probably not um and we'll just coast until we get there yeah and it's like that isn't loving your neighbor mm-hmm. i don't know what you call that but um 
it's you, you you need to be involved and you need to think through um what can you do i mean i i i was mentioning there's there's currently three positions open uh in in peterborough for uh, for counselors of various wards and um, the mayor and well. and and we need a mayor too i mean can you imagine if there were four solid christians sitting in on city council meetings voting on things um that that's a significant force uh for good so uh but but like <laughs> we're back to we're back to again oh that's politics mm-hmm. right that's um you know well, that's out of bounds <laughs> but we're forgetting our sphere sovereignty lessons like the the political realm is ordained by god Right, mm-hmm. it's not it's not some dirty man made thing. That's right. Yeah. Right. This is ordained by God. Yeah. So, but it, that doesn't mean it's it's just totally left to to the unbeliever and the heathen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't I don't know where we pick that up, but that's just a terrible way of of understanding uh, the political the civil sphere. Mm-hmm. It's like we need to be the the best, most intentional Christian. Canadian citizens, we can be, yeah. and and if we have opportunity, and this is ah, this is the thing. It's it's like people like their own little curated lives, where everything is controlled, and it all fits into neat categories. And when you ask them to do something slightly uncomfortable, um, it's it's almost a knee jerk, like like no. It, it, and it's it's the same mentality where it's just like, no, I just I'm just gonna I've got my little world here, and you know every everything else can just burn and uh, and we'll be okay. And it's just like this insular, um, unengaged, flaccid spirituality that is not the faith of our fathers. Is this not the the uh, parable of the good Samaritan that you're describing? Like yeah. The the people that just walk by the guy who's suffering, and, you know, go to the other side of the road. I don't want to see that. I don't, yeah. I don't it's like, that's not my, that's not my thing, but it's just like, well, you're, you're a citizen. Are you yeah. a Canadian citizen? You're a Christian. You want to love your neighbor. Here's a way to love your neighbor. Here's a practical way to do that. And again, it's the idea of like, it's still on like a spiritual plane for people. It's like, oh, I can love my neighbor doing these, like praying for them. Uh, like, and you can, but like, um, you can, you can mow their lawn, uh, when they're sick and you can do practical things and you can sit in on city council meetings, um, to be that again, that agent of opposition, that check and balance where right now, as in the federal, so in pretty much provincial and municipal, it's pretty much a homogenous mass. There's no real opposition at all. Yeah. Um, so if we have the opportunity, and yeah, we're all busy, and there's certain people who have more time than others, but if you've got that opportunity to 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 fulfill a practical need there, then you just need to go for it. Hmm. So yeah, it's it's... It's just important that we we think about these things. We just um, we assume we just have good categories of things as Christians. Um, I'm I'm preaching on singleness this Sunday. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get lynched, but um, I'm just reading through First Corinthians seven. Like yeah. we do not have biblical categories of singleness. Yeah. Um, they're almost all wrong. They're almost all uh, imbibed from societal uh, assumptions, secular assumptions. And right. it's like, we need to... Along, like, in, in what sense? Like, how we would see singleness as, it's a way for me to fulfill my, my dreams? Even, <laughs> even this idea that, and I know we're off topic here, but like, you just linger on in your 20s and 30s without right. even thinking about marriage. Right. It's like... That's totally bizarre and 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 an anomaly, a historical anomaly yeah. and and not healthy. Um, so but all that to say, we we need to be 
we can't just sit back and assume we're going to make the right decisions. We need to dig into the scriptures and 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 figure out what our responsibilities are here, yeah. and and take a good hard look at our lives and yeah. and not just assume we'll float toward holiness and obedience because hmm. we don't. You referenced a quote from Bonhoeffer in the article that was really good. Did I about uh, the, you know, pulling the steering wheel? Uh, yes, if you're gonna, riding in the. I actually have it here, yeah, so I'm going to read, I'm gonna read it up. Uh, yeah, pulling the steering wheel from the madman. Um, yeah, so this is Bonhoeffer. If I sit next to a madman as he drives a car into a group of innocent bystanders, I can't, as a Christian, simply wait for the catastrophe, then comfort the wounded and bury the dead. I must try to wrestle the steering wheel out of the hands of the driver. So that's that's a great quote. You've you've got the pietists there, yeah. who are sitting at the edge of the sea and going, "Oh, so it's going to end badly." Yeah, I'll, I'll be able to. I'll be here to help everybody afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, maybe he drives by you and with his window open, and you've got a chance to jump in and and turn the steering wheel. Yeah. Uh, there's there's risk there. Yeah. Absolutely for you and and for other people, but it's you can't. <laughs> Is that love? To just watch, like he says, uh, watch the catastrophe play out. When you had an opportunity, and 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 Bonhoeffer himself was faced with this with this very uh, crossroads in his own life. Yep. Where when he had the opportunity to be of this part of this plot to assassinate Hitler, um, you know th- that was a, a moment of crisis for him. Do I do I participate in this? Mm-hmm. Is this outside of my sphere somehow? But that's exactly where that quote came out of, right? Yeah. It's like I have the opportunity to steer things away from a worse catastrophe than they already are. Um, so, yeah, I think I I just think we need to start thinking like Bonhoeffer and and, and William Wilberforce. Yeah, and uh, and reexamine our categories of what loving neighbor means that's right yeah Uh, i forget who i was talking to recently but we were talking about the law and how it is often as christians we perceive the law as just a series of uh negative commands don't 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 Uh, but i've been listening to a lot of rush dooney lately Mm. talking about the law and he talks about all the positive aspects to the law so uh, you shall not murder doesn't just mean don't kill somebody in anger, but there are positive aspects to that that you must fulfill. So um, uh, nurturing life, uh, you know, if you see if you see something uh, that is contrary to that command, you have to actively pursue against it. Mm. Uh, and and so it's not just a negative command. And so loving our neighbor doesn't just mean not hurting them or not putting them in danger, uh, but it means actively working for their good. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to recover that. We need to recover a, a full, active, immersive life where, yes, we are Christians. And um, obviously people more than anything, and especially in this age of despair and uh, failed saviors and um people are just floundering i mean it's it's really sad um to to talk to people and they have no hope and we need to be but it's not exclusive it's not like you can do politics or you can be a minister of the gospel it's like why not do both why not do politics and 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 minister the gospel why not be a minister of reconciliation yeah. In in a in a council meeting, what, what what might that look like? What what about if your prayers were happening within one of those meetings, right? What 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 might that change? Um so yeah, these exclusive categories and we just need to get rid of and just uh, just dive in. And there is risk and we're going to get things wrong. And um oh, I think Alex was actually saying the reason his Ah, uh, his his brother is so mechanically astute, like he's just a brilliant mechanic, uh, is that he at one point took the risk of taking his entire vehicle apart yeah, uh, yeah to put it back together. Story, yeah. 
it's a great analogy. It's like, yeah, there's a risk. It might not run again. And, and when we embark in this territory that we haven't had to think about for most of our lives, right? Uh, if we're younger, um, the intersection of church and state, we're going to make some mistakes, but we can't not do anything for fear of making some errors. Mm. And if we are laboring in prayer and an honest study of the word, um, where we are in a posture where we want our thinking to be shaped by the Bible, uh, I think John Newton said, like, God's not going to let you go too wrong um, when you're coming to the word with that posture, with that right. humility of spirit, right? Yeah, if you're truly humble. But it's, uh, but that's the posture we need mm-hmm. to come because there is a lot of ways it can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And even writing these articles, it's it's like um, there is that trepidation. You don't want Christians to stumble, um, and and you, there is that assumption that I may need to repent and retract something, mm-hmm. but I can't not do anything, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Luther. I, no, I'm not comparing myself to Luther, but it's it's kind of like. There's one guy against uh, a monolithic empire. Yeah. And suddenly he doesn't see the things they do. I mean, um, I, if we think we're afraid, how, how must he have been feeling, right? And yeah. he wrestled for long nights. Yeah, it's like Athanasius, the same thing. Yes. Basically going against the entire church structure saying, yeah. no, you guys are wrong. But our conscience needs to be bound by the word of God. Yeah. We, we, our creeds, our confessions... Useful, helpful, I think necessary, but not, um, at the end of the day, we are bound to the word of God yeah. and, and we need to be reforming where it requires us to reform yeah. and articulating where we need to rearticulate maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Hmm. Well, that's great. So I really appreciated that article. Mm. Get you all to go to the uh, Hill City Baptist, uh, Substack and check that out. Yeah. What uh, What are you reading recently? I just finished a great book called Shopcraft and Shop Class as Soulcraft, and uh, basically, really fascinating. This guy um, went into philosophy, majored in philosophy, joined some big think tank. Um kind of at the top of it's kind of like the holy grail of of the progressive university graduate right everything that you would want and he he was there for about six months and he's just like this is the stupidest thing i have ever (laughs) seen like what are we doing here it's like we're just uh you know what, what do they call them um culture shapers or um, influencers. Right, yeah. Social media influencer. It's just like, we're not actually producing any goods. Like, we're not actually doing anything. And so he quit. And uh, he opened a motorcycle repair shop uh, where he fixes old old motorcycles. And the book is good. It's... (laughs) You can tell he took a philosophy major. Like it's right. it's there's a lot of unnecessarily big words to be frank. But he he makes some brilliant observations about the um just the the devastation that a heavily bureaucratic society brings on a people. Mm-hmm. Um the, the 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 travesty of the disconnect between uh working with your hands and working with your mind. And we've created these uh, factory line jobs where the the joy of a craft has been totally erased Mm. and where workers don't able to see the finished product. They're involved in all these fragmented applications, but, um, and, and, and just, yeah, it, 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 when I think back to books that um, have changed something in the way I think like this is going to be one of them. He's not a Christian remotely. Um, but like, um, for example, like I'm, I'm totally hopeless at most mechanical things. Uh, and I've kind of been hiding behind the excuse of like, well, that's not my thing, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, it's actually an abdication of, of 
responsibility. And here's yeah. another area you can take dominion in, right? So it is. And as somebody who is now mechanically yes. able, I would say that most people, and like I, when I say most, I mean most. There are very few people that cannot learn to use their yep. hands. Yeah. You know, so people who say I'm not mechanically inclined, they just haven't, they haven't tried enough and haven't failed enough. Yeah. But like, if you, if you do something, you'll learn how to do it. That's right. You just have to like, like, uh, Alex's brother. We're just, back to just, the risk again, right? You just got to take, take the thing apart and learn how to put it back yep. together as you go. Yep. And, and another benefit of reading that book, well, I don't know if it's a benefit or not. I used to hate motorcycles, like the sound of them. Yeah. They just strike me as uh, an incredibly obnoxious, invasive, obnoxious <laughs> machine. And I know some of them are like, intentional. he doesn't need to be that loud. Come on. But uh, anyways, I, I feel like my uh, antipathy towards motorcycles is gone after reading this book. And I actually, a few drove by today. I was appreciating them as a lay person. Yeah, yeah. So nice. Yeah. How about you? What are you reading? Oh, everybody knows what I'm reading. I've been stuck oh, okay. on the same three books for a while now. I got, um, I've got I've uh, got Kingdom Through Covenant on the okay. go. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, I've You'll got, have that one on the go for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah, I am. I, uh, I I am getting close to the end, but I skipped the major portion in the mm. middle. I kind of the read, large Hebrew discussion. The the section on the in, on each covenant describing each okay. covenant. Yeah. So I I read his his prolegomena, and then now I'm in the conclusion and like the summary section. Okay. And then I'm going to go back eventually and work through the rest. But yeah, so there's that. And I've been reading a bunch of Woodhouse lately, mm. which is just, Oh, good for it's you. It's such a joy. Isn't it? To just, there's someone who delights <laughs> in language. Yes. And you just, it's funny. Like, you, you know, you, I listen to all these heavy podcasts and, all yeah. this, and then every now and then I just, you just throw the PG Woodhouse on. Yeah. Read by Stephen Fry. Oh, uh, and it's the best. He does such a good job, isn't it? it? Yeah, I just find myself laughing out oh, loud. Yeah. Like it's it's oh, incredibly witty. Yeah, yeah. I'd recommend any of his books. Yeah. What else was I going to say? There was something I had. I you had said you had mind. three books on the go, but oh, it was just two. But you're just you list. You're a podcast guy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got a, a church history book on the go, which is really good. Two thousand years of Christ's power. Is that uh, Nick Needham? Yeah, yep, very it's great. Good. So working through that, it's so enjoyable to mm -hmm. read. He's got such. Have a... you listened to Nick Needham? No. Oh man, Scottish, you got to listen right? to Scottish. Is it heavy? And like the archetypal Scottish, yeah, like rolling the R's, just a real Scot. You could just see him like yeah. taking it a broadsword <laughs> and cutting down his audience. Yeah, yeah he's fantastic. <laughs> going after the queen yeah queen elizabeth him yeah. oh oh here's what i was going to mention mm. uh ben and i uh, are really into this sacred harp singing uh, yeah. lately i don't know if you guys have ever heard of that just go on youtube and type in sacred harp and uh, watch some of these videos of people singing uh we're so uh enamored by it we want to start a singing group so uh, we're gonna plunge in next saturday so that'll be the the seventh seventh 7th of May, we're going to meet together. Uh, have we, we talked about the location with the people yet? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It'll probably be at Westmount. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't confirmed oh, yeah, that right. yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Westmount Bible Chapel. So yeah, basically, gonna... uh, it's, it's, it's a uh, singing that is not performative. It is, um, what would you call it? Yeah, it's an immersive like choral experience you're singing so, at each right. other the goal is not to uh perform to, to perform yeah. for other people but to be edified by one another and to learn how to sing in four-part harmony yeah. using this uh, system that these books have called the and you don't have system. to be musical you don't and it, it actually helps if you're not yes because yeah. as both of us have yeah. studied music to some degree <laughs> trying to learn this musical system we've had to unlearn other yeah. things in order to learn it so uh but that's going to be great so that'll be the seventh probably ten thirty in the morning yeah, i believe looking so, forward to that yeah so that'll be great we got some uh, some of the hymn books for sale if you want to join uh, you can buy one of those off of us but uh, yeah we'll leave it at that for now but uh, any final words any uh pastoral encouragement for <laughs> for the folks yeah <laughs> well I mean, I'm just so encouraged by um, people sticking it out. This has not been an easy season. Mm -hmm. And uh, many, many points at which um, uh, offense, uh, resent, 
could have interceded, uh, intercepted. But um, just the, the sincere love that covers a multitude of sins, giving the benefit of a doubt, um, you know. And uh, we just, again, that, that saying that again, our posture needs to be where the word goes, we go. Yeah. And, and even if it, it grinds against everything that we feel like we want to do, um, it is the path of life. And even in Pilgrim's Progress, right? Yeah. And, and it's that narrow path. And it's like this path over here seems a lot easier. Why don't we go over there? It's, it's a path that leads to life, uh, mm. despite what we, we think. It's that's tough, man. Mm-hmm. It's really tough because we all have our own comforts, our own, like you said, we, I've got my thing sorted out. This is what my life is. This is what I do. Yep. Yep. And, yeah. and no, but no sacrifice will ever be wasted in Christ. That's Isn't right. that an amazing thing? It's a great quote. No from loss. Paul Washer. Um, I forget what it was in, a, in the context of a sermon. And he says, I've never regretted anything I've given up for Christ, mm. but I've regretted everything that I've kept to myself. Yeah. What a great quote. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's a supernatural true. work. That's yeah. the Spirit's work because that's not of the flesh right there, that yeah. kind of thinking. So, mm. it's, it's, we need to pray for that. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Dominion Podcast. Episode, uh, next time will be episode 49. We'll leave you with this. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. 